Welcome, 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 guys. My name is Dr. Wendy Dearborn, and I will be your host for the next 60 minutes or so. And you are live on the uh, My Life, My Choice. I was going to say the laws of attraction in action, which really and truly, this truly is what this show is about, the nuances in understanding the laws of attraction and how they apply to you, if they apply to you, doing your own due diligence so they can work for you, so you can actually create the life that you say that you want to live. Very, very important. Well, guys, welcome once again. My name is uh, Dr. Wendy Dearborn, and today is, I believe, the 6th of Jan- uh, the sixth of January. Wow, where have you been? The 6th of February, 2019, and of course, the hour is 1 p.m. or a minute gone 1 p.m. So, guys, welcome. I hope you have had a good week, or a good couple of weeks. I wasn't here last week, but I hope you had a good week and that you are actually learning much about yourself and Again, I'm going to repeat this, doing due diligence with the things that you are hearing, the things that are coming your way, um, information that's coming to you out of the blue, i.e. insights into it. Guys, I hope you're actually doing your due diligence. And what I mean by that does, does this work for me? Does it feel right? Can I use this? What does this mean for me? How does this look for me? What does it look like for me? Excuse me. And doing all all the things that you need to do. And actually, in truth and honesty, you must do for you so that you can create the life that you say that you want to live. Vitally important. Absolutely important. Absolutely important. Well, My Life, My Choice is a podcast. It's all about me. It's all about you. It is all about us utilizing the first law in the universal laws of attraction, which is choice. So utilizing choice to create the life that you want to live and doing this consciously. And when I say consciously, a lot of times we're dragged along, we wind up and stuff happens and we don't know how it's happened to us and all, you know, this sort, all this sort of thing that adds misery to your life, you know. And so this show is about you Literally, me, you, us, through choosing with intention, choices, so that we can manifest at will what it is that we want for our lives. So guys, um, today, attractioners, we are talking about desire and the things it will make you do. Well, desire and the things it will make you do are huge. Many people don't understand that desire truly is uh, one of the underpinnings of the laws of attraction. And I know for you who have listened to the show, you know that there are underpinnings, things that that hold the the laws, um, things that uphold the laws, the underpinnings, the foundation, and desire is huge. As well, I've mentioned forgiveness, gratitude, um, love. All of the all of these are huge. Desire is huge. Imagination is another one, and we're going to briefly touch on imagination. And for those of you who listen to me regularly, I know you have heard me say I actually need to do a show. I need to do um, a webinar, and I need to put a class together on the imagination and what 
it can do for you and what it what it will do for you. But that being said, guys, um, that being said, where we're going where we're going today, oops, where we're going today or at this moment in time is desire. Now, many people have a hard time, and they really do have a hard time justifying why they've taken a certain action, especially when it kind of goes against the grain of their moral fiber. You know, it's not who they are. It's just like, ooh, no. They have a hard time reconciling the action that they've taken, and it's confusing because it's confusing because it doesn't mesh with their ethics. It doesn't mesh with their intrinsic beliefs. It doesn't mesh with who they are. It doesn't belong in their culture. They weren't brought up with this kind of tradition. You know, um, it, it, it wasn't their upbringing or their religious doctrine or their spiritual doctrine for that matter. It's so out of left field. They've done something, and this is not who they are, showing up in the world as, much less as they want to show up, but yet still they have done this deed. Now, guys, you can see this kind of behavior exhibited with people who have addictions. And I'm talking about addictions from straight across the board. It can be from food to sex to drugs to shopping to binge watching TV to I'm talking about becoming addicted to stuff where it impacts your life on a negative in a negative way. You know, again, you see this exhibited, this 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 like where the hell did that come from? Demonstrate abuse to yourself and to others. You see it in antisocial behaviors and antisocial behaviors that may even culminate in somebody committing a heinous act of murder. Where did it come from? What is it that can have this kind of action on people? What is it that can have this kind of hold on people? What is this thing? And as I have here in the synopsis, in a word, desire. (laughs) Desire. People have no idea. Absolutely no idea. The power desire holds over them. Desire, it's a powerful medium and it can compel anyone, including you, to do things that you can't believe that you are doing. Even while you're doing this thing, even while you're doing the deed, you're having this conversation on one side of your head like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm eating this. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm spending this money. Oh my God, I can't believe that I've sat down here for 24 hours Binge watching Game of Thrones. That was me. Her. Um, you know. Uh, you know. You, you're doing this stuff, and you don't know why. You don't know why. And of course, psychologically, you know, psychologists can say it's this, it's that, and all of that is true. All of that is true. 
you know, you're doing this because this has happened. You're doing this because that has happened and blah, 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 blah. But my thing is, what is the energy that is compelling you to do this? And it's desire. And many people have fallen into the trap of desire. And this is true only to realize that their life has been irrevocably changed. And invariably, if not for the better. Desire itself has, um, how should I phrase this? Desire itself has no, no, couldn't care less whether the thing you're desiring is good or bad for you. And this is one of the things about the universal laws of attraction, the nuances that I truly want people to understand. You know, the law of love isn't all about, you know, warm and fuzzy feeling. You can love something that is not good for you. You can be in love with hurting people. Love is about a feeling and, and desire is truly about a powerful feeling. Uh, as I said, a medium that can compel you or anyone to do something that you can't believe that you're doing. And as I just said, many people have truly fallen into that trap and usually it's not for the better. So the universal law of desire is a powerful, mesmeric, energetic force that rivals any law out there, including the law of love. And what I mean by this, or what I'm saying by this, is that the law of desire, the universal law of desire, counterforce to be contended with, with anything. And that's the thing, and I know I've written this down, I've jotted that down in some notes here, so I'm going to go back to this. But it's all about the polarity. The laws have polarity, okay, or the opposite. You know, if you have happy, you have to have sad. And somewhere in between, there's this balance. And the, the law of desire helps to bring balance to many of the laws out there. Many of the laws out there. And that's a universal law. That's in the plan. That's God's design. This, this, this thing to create balance. You have to have balance. And let me just say this, guys. Choice is simply this. For, for me, I'll speak about for me personally. For me personally, having had a near-death experience, my experience was this. I was shown, I was 21, what, what the hell did I know? I was shown all the things that I had done. And even in that format of being shown, I was really aware of wanting to cast the blame. But you see, life, the life that we are living, it's about us making choices for self. Because at some stage, and I'm not talking about brimstone and fire and all of this jazz. That's not who I am. But you will have to answer yourself for the choices that you've made. You don't have to answer anybody else. You don't have to. You will have to answer yourself for the things that you have done. And so, therefore, only you can make the choice to do them. Only you can make a choice to do X instead of Y. You see, if, if it was any, any other way, if it was any other way, 
the universal creator known to me as God within me. We'll be making all the choices. And I could sail through life, but that's not what it's about. And I think, guys, if you do your own due diligence and you think about your life as it is in this moment, you will realize that that's not the way that it is. You have to make a choice because you have to answer for what it is that you are doing. And when I say answer, hear me clearly. I'm not talking about brimstone and fire and all that jazz. I'm talking about answer for you, for what you do. But anyway, that's all for another day, guys. So back to desire. Desire temporarily amplifies a thought process. And it turns it into something that becomes a must-have or a die, you know, do or die type of situation. So in the synopsis for the show, the question that I asked was simply this. How is desire playing out in your life? How has desire played out in your life? And better yet, how can this compelling feeling, desire, be used to consciously assist you in manifesting what you want, consciously assist you in praying for the thing that you want, consciously assist you um, affirming for the things that you want? So once again, we're talking about desire and the things it will make you do. I I, I truly don't believe that people actually have a full grasp of how powerful, how powerful desire is, how powerful. So that being said, guys, once again, thank you for joining me. My name is Dr. Wendy Dearborn, and I will be your host for the next 45 minutes, and we're talking about desire, the things that it will make you do, and how powerful desire is. When you hear the word mentioned desire, you know, you hear the word mentioned desire, many people have a tendency to think in terms of things of a sexual nature or a steamy nature, that sort of thing. And while it's true, at a kind of base chakra kind of level, the energy of desire from a universal standpoint, brings much more to your life, living, manifesting. It brings much more to the equation than just the the um, actual uh, base chakra kind of sexual thing, the root chakra. When actively using the laws of attraction to consciously manifest, It's important to understand how each law interacts with you and how it supports you in that process of manifesting, which is why I do what I do for that very reason, so that you can do your due diligence and take whatever you hear here, whatever you hear here, and, um, you know, work it. And if it doesn't work for you, fine. But understand that it's really important that you understand how the laws work for you and how they interact and how they support you in the process of manifesting. Unfortunately, as the saying saying goes, ignorance 
of the law excuses you not. So ignorance of the law, ignorance of not understanding how the universal laws work, do not excuse you from, mm, from the, the results of working with them. And you see, the irony is you can work with them consciously or unconsciously. That is the irony. You see, guys, just because you don't know how to use something correctly and you're using it doesn't mean that it's not working and or that you're not responsible for the outcome. It's really unfortunate. And do you know something? When I hear these these, these stories on the news, you know, of... uh, you know, kids getting hold of, of, of a gun and, and a gun that was actually in a, uh, in a lockbox that had, you know, you, you've got to uh, punch the numbers in. And then when you get the gun out of the box, you, you, you've got to take the padlock off. And then, you know, kids being kids, they have nothing but time and creativity on their hands. You know, and you hear this, you know, kids get into this and next thing they're playing them, bam. Little Johnny shoots little Sarah. It wasn't meant to happen. It shouldn't happen. But it has happened. And so it is with the universal laws of attraction. Just because you don't know how to use something correctly doesn't mean it's not going to work. And it sure doesn't take the responsibility away from you, the ownership and the accountability away from you from the outcome. When you think about electricity, guys, it has the ability to start your heart, as in with a defibrillator. But it also has the ability to actually stop your heart, as in, you know, you can be electrocuted and it can stop your heart. The ability of electricity, when directed in, in, in the correct medium, has the ability to keep the, the body warm. It also has the ability to set the body on fire. Knowing how to use electricity correctly means that you get to direct the way that you want it to be used. And this attraction is is the same for the universal laws. Is the same for the universal laws. Knowing what they are capable of, then directing their use to support you in manifesting the thing that you say that you want in life. Now, one of, one of the things, I think this book is, I would have to look you know, um, I don't know when it was first published, but I'm going to have a quick look, see if I can um, uh, multitask. Okay, guys, the book, The Secret, The Secret, the book, The Secret, was first published in, was originally published in November 2008. 2006. So the book is about, what, 13 years old or something like that. One of the things that I actually do like about this book, 
and I attribute to um, Rhonda Burns and all the other people who were involved in this. It just wasn't her, but all the other people involved, although she is the author, they brought, or she brought to the forefront, the conversation to be had about the laws of attraction. She brought that into people's homes. She brought it in such a way that people are able to do their own due diligence. I mean, I I would definitely admit, being somebody who has an understanding of the laws of attraction, the book was a stepping stone. It was about um, uh, uh, having, having a foundation, creating a foundation, Actually, it, 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 it was more than that. It, it could open the door for you, for you to do your own due diligence. Absolutely, it, it was a good book for that. But you see, once you've done, once, once you've worked with the secret, you'll understand that there is stuff that you needed. There is more stuff that you need. There is way more stuff that you need so that you can do like she did. And manifest what it is that she needed to manifest for her life. Now, actually, don't quote me on this, guys. Um, I'm going to say that uh, even for herself, she actually has had some serious things happen to her. Given that this is her field, she's had some serious things happen to her. So the laws of attraction, much like electricity and or fire, and or anything that can actually harm you, you need to know what it is capable of. You need to know what the law of choice is capable of. You need to understand what the law of love is capable of. You need to understand what the law of forgiveness is capable of, the law of gratitude, um, the law of desire, the law of divine flow. You need to know what all these things are capable of so that you can, should you choose, should, should, should you choose to take them out of your, your, your box, you need to know what they can and will do for you. Vitally important, guys. Vitally important. As, as you know, I'm huge on the power of choice. That, that's, that's my claim to fame. The universal laws of attraction and understanding that choice. Nothing happens without you first choosing it. I don't care what you're doing in your imagination. I don't care about desire. I don't care about any of that at this point. Just for this point in time. What I want you to understand is nothing happens without you first choosing it. Even with desire, you have a choice. Desire is a compelling factor. It is, as I said, it's mesmeric. It is magnetic in its pull. However, with all things in life, you have a choice because you have to answer for you. So next to choice, desire for me is one of the most powerful transmutation laws or the most powerful of the transmutation laws and once again this year is about transmute that's to move 
to move in silence. To move in silence. And so to transmute, as I have here in my notes, means to move into change or to undergo change silently. And what I mean by silently is it all starts in your imagination. It starts in your mind. Now, earlier I was talking about, you know, the polarity of the laws. You know, you can't have wet without dry, happy without sad, you know, um, hot without cold. It's the nature of things. You, you just can't, you know. You can't have rich without poor. It's the nature of things. So everything in life has its polar opposite. And I mean everything in life really does have its polar opposite. And the law, the law of desire speaks to this. This is what I mean about this law being pow- so powerful. When invoked, desire has the power to overshadow something that you have said that you want, something that you have said that you wouldn't do, something that you have been dreaming of or praying about. Desire has the ability to overshadow, to overshadow that. And that's huge. It has the power to take you on, the, on, on a different trajectory. And it really does. It takes you on a different pathway. Even when you are on your knees praying, you're on your knees praying, it has the ability to take you on a different trajectory. It takes you, it can take you off course if you let it for something that you want. It has the, well, desire has the ability to make you break your promise. To make you break your promise to yourself and to others. You know, I'm I'm never eating that again. I'm not going to do that ever again. You know, I'm not going to blah, 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 blah. And you mean it because you believe it. But yet still, desire has the ability to make you break your promise to yourself and others. It has the ability to make you lie, cheat, steal. Desire has the intensity that goes beyond wanting. Desire becomes this burning compulsion. This burning, it can become all-consuming. And as I said earlier, desire temporarily amplifies a thought process that you may have, turning it into something that becomes a must-have or a die, a do-or-die type of situation. But again, desire only temporarily amplifies something. So as desire goes, the the law of desire, the... the um, Definition for the law of desire. The law, this law, the law of desire, the universal law of desire, speaks to the intrinsic driving need for satisfaction and as a result will override any of the other laws. Except, and as I said to you earlier, the universal law of choice is always engaged. Nothing can trump that. You've always got a choice. 
You will, and that is one of the most precious gifts that we have been given when we incarnated into this reality. We have been given the, the, the gift of choice and or free will. We've been given that. So the universal law of desire speaks to, as I said before, the, the intrinsic driving need for satisfaction. And as a result, will override any of the other laws with the exception of choice. Desire invokes your divine right, supreme will, enabling you to make a different choice. Okay, guys? To make a different choice. And to make a different choice that in spite of things that are going on around you or may appear counterintuitive, to make a choice that is not in the best interest of self, irrespective of, of, of what's going on. So desire truly has the power to influence you in a way that will, okay, guys, let me put it this way. You may have the desire to fly, and I'm not talking about taking psychedelics or anything like that. You may get up one day and you're walking towards the cliff and you have the desire to fly. You just want to spread your wings. You just want to float. You want to float through the air. Well, you see, that might be a little counterintuitive to you staying alive and to your general health. However, however, you can step off of that precipice because the desire to do so is so strong and you just want to fly. But this is what I mean by saying that desire temporarily amplifies a thought process. You see, because once you have executed that temporary thought process and you step off that cliff and you realize that either you needed to be in an airplane or you needed wings so you could fly, then another thought process comes into play. And that's basically I'm going to kiss my ass goodbye because when I hit the ground, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. So once again, guys, the, the universal law of desire speaks to the intrinsic driving need for satisfaction. You need to feel faction. And as a result, will override any other universal law except the law of choice. Guys, everything in the universe, and I mean literally everything in the universe, is energy. And we are energy. We are energetic beings. And we are beings. And we are subjected to the same laws that everything else on the face of the planet is subjected to. You know, if you think about the majestic oak tree, I mean, some countries, they've had trees that have been up for thousands, and I literally mean thousands of years. And I mean, I think about the, the redwoods, and mm, don't quote me, but when we lived in Northern California, um, I think near Mary, Marysville, Yuba City. But anyway, 
they 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 had these these trees like these redwood trees and they kind of built this archway out of it where you know the car car drives through. This is how big these trees are. Well, guys, I'm I'm all into the this documentary. You know the the secret lives of plants and documentaries. While the tree is actually stationary or appearing to be stationary, its root system. Its root system can can go as far as 220 odd, you know, feet, and or it can go out 40 40 feet, and if not more, you know, its root system. So while it appears to be stationary under the ground, a lot of things are going on, and this is what I mean. Everything we are all subject to the same things in life. I don't care whether you're a tree, whether you're a rock. We are all energy, and we are all striving, striving for the best life possible, for the best life possible, all connected to each other, and we are all connected to all things, and this is a fact. This is a fact, and it's a fact because the the energetic laws that govern the universe are the same energetic laws that govern quantum physics, that govern science, the whole nine yards. Everything, oh, guys, everything we do, we do, okay, here's what I'm looking for. They talk about the butterfly effect, okay? You know, a a, a butterfly, you know, flaps its wings in, I don't know, I'd say Australia because that's down under from us. And as a result of that, um, we have, I don't know, a hurricane or something. It doesn't always have to be catastrophic, but this is something that they say. This is how connected we all are. You know, they, they, they talk about, um, I, think it, I think it is the, the 100, monkey, 100 monkeys. You know, you teach one monkey something and then blah, 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 blah you know, a couple more learn, and the next thing you know, monkeys who live down under in Australia, you teach monkeys here, but monkeys who live down under in Australia know how to do the thing that was, was taught to the Australian, uh, was taught to the American monkeys. This is how connected we all are. And you'll even see this with, with people. People like to say, oh, it's because it's an era. But people will do things here, and unbeknownst to you, people are doing the same thing in Australia, and it's not about it's been in the media or this or that. It's about the energy flow. It's about how energy flows. We are all energetic beings. So I hope I kind of explained that. Um, That being said, the universal law, the universal laws, the energetic laws that govern the universe are the same laws, as I said, that govern quantum physics and the same laws that scientists have now begun to embrace. These laws channel thought, which energy then can move into form and out of form. So these laws, the universal laws of attraction or the spiritual laws, the natural laws, the prayer laws, whatever term you feel comfortable with. These laws channel our thoughts 
which are energetic, into moving things, into form, coming into manifestation, and moving things out of form, going out of manifestation. You see, guys, as I've said on this show many, many times, no two things by the same space at the same time. If you, you can only sit in one chair at a time. You can only truthfully, comfortably wear one pair of shoes at a time. You can try to wear two. You can only have one thing. You, you, the universal law of space says that no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. In order for something to move into form, in order for something to move into form, something has to move out of form. It's really important to note, and I've, I've, I've really skipped ahead here in, in the notes that I have jot down, jotted down on my bullet points, but we've arrived here for whatever reason. We've arrived early. But in order to, it's really important to note that energy cannot be destroyed, neither can it be created. And this is something that scientists actually know, like our physical scientists, they know. You can't destroy energy. You really can't. It can be used as a creative process. But in order for it to create It has to move out of the form of which it is so that it can create something else. They are very aware of that. I had asked, I've asked this question, and um, I'm backtracking now. I've I've asked this question, and I've asked it many, many times. You know, what is energy? And I remember as a child in Tottenham, uh, and this was way back, I remember asking that question, you know, what is, what is energy? And my parents, like many parents out there, had bought a, a set of encyclopedias. You know, this was, for, for those of you who are young enough not to know what encyclopedias are, they were literally the Google of my childhood. That's what that's what that was. Britannica. There you go. Britannica. I was trying to think of a name. Britannica Encyclopedia. Encyclopedias. They were the Google of my childhood. So I remember kind of looking through there, and of course, you know, you get you know Newton's law of um, Newton's law of thermodynamics, all, all sorts of stuff. I, I, I saw stuff in there, stuff that I didn't even actually understand. But I, I remember seeing things in there, but nothing could tell me what energy was. And even recently, uh, actually as recent as uh, yesterday, I asked the question, what is energy? And when you ask the question, what is energy, you will find a lot of information that speaks to Potential energy, stored energy, kinetic, that's moving, kinetic energy, thermal, that's heat, light energy, and electrical energy, you know, like um, 
uh, what do you call this thing, lightning and stuff like that, right? Um, and you'll see information that talks about uh, non-renewable energy like coal, um, petrol or petroleum, uh, liquid gas, natural gas, and of course, nuclear energy. And then you'll have energy that's considered to be renewable, and it comes from a renewable energetic source. Hear me again. Hear, hear again. It comes from, it comes from a renewable energy source. You know, non-renewable energy comes from an energy source. And I'm still asking the question, what is energy? Okay, so then you have your renewable energy sources. And this is like coming from plants, coming from, uh, you know, like solar, coming from plants, coming from, excuse me, solar, coming from the sun, plants, hydro coming from water, wind. And then, of course, you have geothermic energy. I think I'm saying that right. Geothermic energy, which literally means it comes from the earth. And again, you know, I read about all of this and I hear about force and motion and gravity, etc. And I understand it. I understand it, you know, as, as it's put to me. And yet, no one has been able to tell me what energy is. They can only tell me what energy can do. Now, when I ask this question, what is energy, the common denominator for this whole thing is the word energy itself. And when directed and used, energy actually supports controlled transformation. You can see this. You know, uh, if, if we talk about hydropower, which is um, water power, water energy, we talk about hydropower, and hydropower can be, can be created, excuse me, hydropower can create um, electricity that can light up the world, basically. However, hydropower, water power, when left to its own devices, and there's no support, no, no, there's no support or it's uncontrolled, can come through that same city and erode the land and sweep everything away in its path to an unknown um, destination causing destruction, causing mass destruction. The same water that if it's harnessed behind a dam like where, where, where I live here in Las Vegas, they have um, maybe about 40, 50 minutes away from me, maybe a little, yeah, maybe about 40, 50 minutes away from me, Hoover Dam. And they've harnessed the water. So instead of it coming along and flooding and sweeping, sweeping away land masses and people and all of that, they've harnessed the water. They've directed it. And in doing other things, they have transported, transformed this energy into creating electricity. So where I'm going with this, it's vitally important to understand that the universal law of desire, when channeled, just like energy, just like water, just like water through a dam, when channeled, can assist and support you in moving things out of form and moving things into form that you want. 
And now I'm coming back to where I was before. It's important to understand that energy cannot be destroyed, nor can it be created. It can only be moved into form and out of form, which is why um, consciously using the laws of attraction and its laws, guys, just uh, its laws, guys, it's not the law. The law of attraction is a part of the laws of attraction. Okay, the law of attraction just isn't it. The law of attraction is made up of so many other laws, including including the law of attraction itself. So it's important standing that things will move into form and out of form, which is why when consciously using the laws to attract what you want in your life, recognize that something has to move out of form so that which you want can come into form. And for people, this can be very, very challenging. I did a show, I don't know, I don't know when, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe about three years ago. My intuition is saying four, but I don't think it was four, but I'll go with four because that's what my intuition said. I did a show that spoke about you have to die to something for it to come into being. For those of you who are biblically inclined, that's, that's where your, your spiritual doctrine comes from. Understand that in order for Christ to, to, to rise, Christ has to die in flesh first. So guys, it's vitally important, and this is huge, because when desire sets in, all of that can fly out the window because of the compulsion that desire can have over you. Recognize that when desire amplifies, temporarily amplifies, a thought process that you have. It has the ability to, ah, it has the ability to compel you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Desire has the ability, and I literally mean this, guys, desire has the ability to I was going to say Trump, but desire has the ability to mm, supersede your belief. It has the ability to supersede that which you say that you believe. It has the ability to um, mess with your intrinsic desires. And when I say mess with your intrinsic desires, yes, you desire whatever, your, your intrinsic wants, I'm sorry, your intrinsic wants. Desire has the ability to really and truly overpower and overshadow any process that you have going on. Any process. You see, in order for you in, in order for you to manifest something, if we're talking about desire, you don't have to believe it. You just have to desire it. You see, because people, and I know many of us out there, have done things 
that we don't really believe. They're not part of our intrinsic belief. We don't believe it. But desire, desire has had a grip on us, and we have made a choice to go with desire. And making that choice to go hand in hand with desire has created a manifestation that we didn't want. So, guys, in the last few minutes of this show, last 10 minutes of the show or so, How do you create the energy of desire? How do you how do you um, how do you manufacture at will the energy of desire? Because desire is such a, a compelling force, guys. Let's face it; it's really important to harness this energy. You know, to really harness this energy so that we can actually use it. We can actually use it to create or to manifest that which we say that we want to manifest. Why not? You know, it's like understanding how powerful electricity is. Why not use that to light up a city? Why not? So knowing how powerful desire is, you know, as I said, just as a recap, desire can influence you to make the choice to do something is not you, that is not you, that will leave you saying to yourself, I don't understand how that happened. I don't understand how that happened. It has the ability to override anything that you've put in place. So that being said, how do you harness this? And again, do your due diligence. You may not want to harness this. But what I would say to you is simply this. If you are truly working with the universal laws, spiritual laws, natural laws, God's laws, whatever makes you feel comfortable, if you are praying for something specific and or affirming for something specific, desire can assist you in holding in holding, as we call it, in my world, holding the space. In your world, it may be praying without ceasing until you, the manifestation has come, come into being. So how do you create desire? Well, guys, in a word, in a word, imagination. That's right, imagination. Imagination is the belief in the possibility of creation and the process of creation. Nothing comes into being without it first going through your imagination. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I really need to do a podcast, a webinar, and then a class on the imagination you see, the imagination can be used like a, a living, waking dream. And that's what the imagination allows us to do freely, freely without any critique, unless we choose to, freely without anybody else's input. Imagination, the recesses, in the recesses of your mind, or as some call it, the theater of your mind, you're able to go in there and you're able to dream. 
You know, they have that song, To Dream the Impossible Dream. It's in your, your imagination. So how can desire assist and support you in creating what you want? How can you transmute desire from being something that compels you to do stuff that you don't want to do into creating what you want to do? Well, as I said, in a word and in a nutshell, getting to grips with your imagination. I know that you have heard me say ad nauseum. Your senses. Your senses, your, your five senses are so vitally important when working with your imagination. Your senses and your ability to, to a certain degree, call into your mind's eye things like colors, which is visual, which is textural, which is vibrational. You have to utilize your five senses. You see, in order to create desire, you have to be able to see the thing that you want. You have to be able to smell it, taste it, feel it, see it, hear it. Your five senses need to be engaged. And that's bottom line. See, from there, you can use your living, waking dream to create, as they say, a buzz. You know how they'll have people waiting outside a theater for 24 hours for, for a Star Wars movie, or they're lined up around the shop to, to buy a $1,000 phone, which uh, isn't working, incidentally, for a lot of people. But um, to buy a $1,000 phone, they create a buzz. They create hype. And that's the same thing that you do within your imagination. You create the buzz. You create your internal hype. So that instead of thinking about it, instead of thinking about it, you're thinking from it. Instead of thinking of it, you are it. I.e., if you are thinking about a house, your, your, your dream house, you don't just think about it and watch the house from, from outside. No, you step into the house so you and the energy of the home that you are thinking of become one. So that you can love the house and then you can feel the love coming back from the house. You know that it smells like lavender on a rainy day. And you know that because you can smell it. <coughs> Excuse me, you can hear. You can hear the house moving as the earth moves. You hear it. It's not creaking and moaning and groaning. But it's moving, it's speaking to you. You know that your house tastes like warm bread with fresh made butter. That's what it tastes like. That's what it tastes like. Guys, create desire. You have to become enamored or enmeshed with the thing that you want, 
within your imagination. You have to ascribe your five senses to it. Not just one sense, two senses, three to all your five senses so that you have a rounded picture of this feeling because you have to put feeling to your imagination or to what the thing that you are imaging, the thing that you are dreaming. If you don't put any feelings to it, it is just a picture. It is just the thought that's going through your mind. So you want to create desire, create the hype, create the compelling hype, the same kind of hype that would make you stand outside of a store 24 hours so that you can get green TV that is on sale. That's desire. I'm not talking about love. The universal law of love and desire are two totally different things. Compel yourself. Use your imagination to create a compelling energy for the thing that you want to manifest in your life. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? Now wrap yourself in it and let your dream run wild. This is how you create desire. This is how, excuse me, you use desire to help you to manifest. If you don't desire the thing that you are, you are wanting to manifest, I'm here to tell you, even with belief, it's not going to happen. Because the universal law of desire can overshadow, it can, um, it can override any other law, including your intrinsic belief and including your, um, your belief, your intrinsic belief and or things that, things that you believe. It can override it. So, guys, I'm Dr. Wendy Dearborn. I hope that has been helpful. And I am going to do the, um, I am going to do a webinar and a podcast on imagination. And then we're going to marry this all together so you can do your do. So until next time, guys, love you. You can find me at the lawsofattractioninaction.com. And until next time, next time, guys, peace. Love you all.